Welcome back to the Trey MFT Podcast. I'm your host, Kellyanne. I'm Jennifer. And I'm your host, Eon. And today we have a special guest, Ina. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. We're excited to have you on board for today's episode, which is navigating modern dating. This is a hot topic, and you work a lot with uh, couples. So if you can go ahead and tell our audience what it is that you do. My name is Ina, and I am a licensed associate marriage and family therapy in New York, and I work with a lot of couples in a group practice in Queens. Uh, and also, I'm the co-chair for New York Marriage Family Therapy Network and a member of the Global Rapid Response Team. Um, I'm really happy to be here and talk about the modern dating as uh, it's really become a thing. Yeah, you know, you posted something in uh, on Instagram in one of your reels about modern dating, and that kind of sparked the inspiration behind today's episode. You uh, let, actually let's let's play it for our our audience. You know, people think it's easy dating in today's world, but it's easier because we are getting used now of treating people like we're ordering pizza. Like we're treating relationships, like we're designing clothes, like it's becoming difficult out there. I don't know how many of you are realizing that, but as easy as it gets, that's the hardest part of adjusting and figuring out how that works. So something that definitely stood out in that reel was that dating is is almost like ordering pizza, and when I heard that reel and I saw it, I thought about just when I meet up with my high school girls, some of us, shout out to the high school girls, <laughs> some of us um, some of us are married and then some of us are single, still searching. And it always comes up every time we meet up is how frustrating it is to, to date and just being on that quest and that search to find the right one. So what was going on for you when you recorded that reel? Uh, recently, I have been seeing um, a lot of clients, single, that are looking for the one. And it has been really uh, hard out there. Uh, it sounds easy because it's easier than before. Now we have an app. We have a pool space where we can search people. And people that we're interested in or we have commonalities or we like the same things, like it's easier, it looks like, to find the one rather than finding just a random person in a bar or in a park and starting a conversation and you don't know where to lead. But mm-hmm. also um, having those clients' feedbacks and their stories, they're really inspired into the reels because they're struggling mm-hmm. uh, with their expectations and people are being ghosted and vanished out of nowhere and they don't have an explanation of what happened. He was the perfect one or she was the perfect one. Um, so really it's like uh, it's becoming people are losing hope or they're being impacted on their self-esteem, um, depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, and it's impacting them a lot. I know sometimes we're like, I'm just, that's it. I'm just going to delete this. I'm off the dating apps. And it it is frustrating, you know. Like, what do you guys think that it's the, that it's the most like difficult thing about finding somebody, right? I keep on hearing the perfect person, the perfect person. But in reality, right, like no one is perfect, right? And I feel like sometimes it's a little bit, like difficult because people try to find right 
the perfect things in everybody, you know, and it's almost like impossible to to find that, you know. So like, like what do you think carte. is so like difficult about like dating besides that perfect, you know, um factor piece? Yeah, and I think the most difficult part about dating now, especially after COVID, is losing that human touch. Mm-hmm. Because we're no longer looking at the our people around us or people we were talking to as humans with emotions and feelings and being curious to get to know them. We're looking more, this is what I wanted, that pizza with pepperoni and extra cheese. <laughs> right. But right. it doesn't have the extra exactly. cheese now. What do I do with it? Exactly. Like, like a checklist. Per- right. Mm-hmm. Like trying to find that perfect, you know. Just, you gotta try and make the perfect pizza. What's wrong with that? Like, I like to have a little broccoli on my pizza. I like Listen. I like tomatoes, some fresh garlic. What is wrong? Like, why Why are people having such a tough time if that's what I want? Well, I think you know, that's... And I know. That's always existed. Give me my pizza. I think that's before <laughs> COVID, after COVID, that's always existed where we, where we want... You know, that perfect pizza, as you're saying it, right? That perfect mate. I think that's always existed, right? I, I guess my question is, um, we're talking about, um, you know, dating burnout or, or dating fatigue. Is it is it app fatigue or is it people fatigue, right? I think that's that would be my question, right? Mm. Because are we, are we, are those folks burned out because of the app and so many people are available for them to look through? And, and they have so much choice or, or are they just really fed up with people? You know what I mean? Because when you say I'm, I'm, I'm off the app, I, I'm, I'm getting off the app. I don't want to date anybody. Is that that you don't want to date any, you don't want to be on the app anymore or you don't want to date people anymore? I think that that's what we have to differentiate. I think yeah. the app has brought the accessibility to be able to see so many people mm-hmm. and deal with so many personalities yeah. at yeah. one time. You have all this information coming to you at one time. And that's overload. Mm-hmm. Right. It's overwhelming. I that. Yeah. It's overwhelming. And it's really great perspective, Neon, that you bring in because before you had a pool of, let's say, a small city. Mm-hmm. Let's start with a small city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you knew that if you found a partner and you knew what the standard of that society or community was, mm-hmm. you knew where you would stand on finding the partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and had that human touch as well, mm-hmm. that warmth, that emotional feeling coming in. But now we have a bigger pool. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, what is it missing for you to find the best of the best? But how do we measure the best of the best? So the app and the being app fatigue and people fatigue, they're kind of impacting one another because it's about the decision. I have to make a two second decision that app is telling me, delete it or just try to have a conversation with this person. And I can see this person, I can feel this person, I can touch this person. So mm-hmm. I have my own imagination of that person image. And after we have so many conversations and people, you know, sometimes they're bold through the text messaging or like the indirect uh, conversations. But when I come in person, there is something else, mm-hmm. you know, and people need to set, I say, business hours for those apps because it's overwhelming. Like we have an Instagram and we just like keep scrolling and scrolling because we can never get enough. Imagine of someone who's searching for the one and keep saying one more minute, five more minutes. Let me give you an example. When my wife and I we were looking for a house, we saw, I would say, about 50 homes, right? After a while, I was like, I don't even want to look at any right. homes. But I still wanted a, a perfect home. Right. But after a while, I was like, I don't. I don't want to go out looking at new homes. And after a while, I started to want to just settle. Right. Like, right. Let's yep. just buy a house. 
right? So it's almost like, you know, you 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 become so overwhelmed that you either settle or you give up the search. That's but a great analogy. You, yeah. But now when you settle, right, is there problems there? Absolutely. Right? And it, it's that's a great analogy because, mm-hmm. and, and going back to your reference of is it the app or is it people? I think it's both. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. you know, going back to your example, as you're going through houses, you were looking for your checklist, right? And when you found that after 50 houses, you didn't see it, that's exhausting. And that it does lead to some of the um, symptoms that Ina mentioned, you know, and some people decide to take a break, just like with the dating on the apps, let's just say, you know what, I'm going to delete this. I'm, I'm taking a break from the apps. I read in this article that 300 million people have a dating app profile. And by the year 2035, there will be more people that would have met their partner online than in real life. Wow. That's that's crazy to me. That's um I mean that's that's the trajectory and where it's going, you know. So in one way it's really good because now you have a wider pool of people, right? You're in New York City and you can actually meet someone from Russia or you can meet someone from China, you can meet someone from Africa, you can meet someone from all continents, right? So you have a wider pool of people. But it also means that you have more choices and you have to actually go through and try to find that right. Goal that right person, right? And, and that takes time. It means that you may be getting into conversations with people that you may not like, or you may be getting into people, conversations with people that you do like, right? right? And all that takes time. And, and do you have the time to always do this assessment? Because you're constantly assessing whether or not this person is right for me. And you're, you're constantly checking your checklist to see, is this person the right person? Is this person the right person? And you may get, you may get, you may have a 10, 10 uh, item checklist. You may get to number seven and realize, oh, no, they don't meet the, my criteria. Yeah. And talking yeah. about checklists, you know, like, and this people fatigue and app fatigue. Um, when I started seeing clients, um, I heard about this speed dating in New York that it was very rare. And I was like, oh, cool, nice. But the past year, it's becoming a trend. People are really burned out of those apps and they're going speed dating. You've got 10 minutes to prove it to me or like to <laughs> get a connection with me or really like to get a date with me, you know, and people are going to those uh, speed dating more and more and those events are becoming bigger and bigger, especially in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And even that's exhausting. I've, I've gone to a couple of speed dating events and honestly, by the third person, like whoever's after that, you're not getting the same type of attention because I'm tired. Like, especially if you had to feel like you're carrying the conversations, like good, good uh, hosts, they'll have, you know, different question starters and prompts like that. But if that person in front of you is just like a drag and you're like pulling for conversation, it's exhausting too. In one night, it's probably like you just probably can't wait to get to the bar after that, or because most of the times, at least from my experience, they're like in venues where you can kind of have a drink if you like a cocktail. But you know, I'm not surprised that that's probably kind of like the happy medium. You know, right. you get you get your pool, and and they'll categorize it like age group, um, professionals. Uh, you know, different different types of categories to kind of help you with your checklist. So at least you read out some of the people that uh, you're looking for or not looking for. Right. And as therapists, we, we know better how expectations can impact a person in so many areas of their life. So now with those apps or events we're mentioning, 
uh, are uh, almost guaranteeing the result for you to find the mm -hmm. one or for you to find love. So now on top of my checklist, there is an expectation that this is where I meet the one or love, but what love looks like when we take the human touch away, what the one looks like when we don't know if we work as a teamwork, we don't know how to build a conversation. We're just mm -hmm. checking off lists of each other. And what does that part look like? Instead mm -hmm. of focusing only to the outcome, there is a journey. There is a processing part that often people are not mindful of because that app is promoting your pains, your pleasures, and the outcomes. Mm -hmm. So if you're in pain, let's say, of finding the one um, or starting a family or people date for so many reasons, you know, mm -hmm. um, if you have a couple of pain points and this app is hitting you, yeah, you're going to find the love of your life. You're going to reduce your stress. You're going to find a partner. Uh, you're going to find someone. Like they're like advertisements. <laughs> right. And this is where you find love. We don't know anymore. I think what love looks like. I have a, I have a couple of clients when they came back to me and said, well, I was in a couple of days. I was like, okay, great. How did they go? So let's assess together. And they were like, well, one told me you're too intense because now you're asking, do you want kids or not? Do you want marriage or not? The other one was saying, you're too boring. You're su supposed to be fun. I went to the right. next one. I tried to be fun. They said, you're too much. This is only our first date. Like, what am I supposed to do? She was saying. Mm -hmm. I, I have a question. You know, um, so how, are you finding that um, women are being more fatigued than men? Um, is there an age age range that that you're finding that there's more fatigue, or is it all over altogether? And the reason I ask is because I have some uh, some friends who you know are are on the dating scene and they use apps and they're having fun. <laughs> and and so and that's from a man's perspective, right? right. Um, but then I also have um, female friends, mm -hmm. you know, and they think that everybody's playing games. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like when you go on these dating apps, it's like, like, what do you want? Right. Yeah. I think that some people want just to, dream come true. <laughs> yeah. To just well, there are apps for that too, where it's just you know, I'm just looking for one night or just something very right. casual. Right. And so knowing what apps are for people that are you know serious about dating. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them get really expensive where, you know, and I, every, every app has their target audience, right? Yeah. So I think that's important to know as well. Yeah, it's draining. Like you're investing time and money without yeah. realizing just because you're going after that, that catching the feeling, right? And Ian, to go back to your question, yes, more females uh, are experiencing this fatigue because they go with an intention and then they wear off, they lose track of that intention. Um, and they're overwhelmed because they really want to settle. But the men, I think it happens in a different point. It takes a little bit longer. Not that they don't experience it. It just takes a little bit longer because, as I said, dream come true, you know. But at some point, they're like, okay, enough of this. Now I need to settle. But then they're overwhelmed. They have lost hope or they don't know what to look for now. Everything sounds like a red flag. Um, it's interesting because uh, in the past month, I had, I cannot count to you how many clients I had coming back like, we were trauma bonding. And I'm like, do you know what that means? Yeah, I've heard that the term trauma a lot. bonding. Tra yes. But yeah, you know, like what is, so that? What is that? Trauma. So it's when two people come together and they bond because they both experience trauma in their life. Hmm. You know, so um it's called trauma bond. I've heard it like for the first time and I found it to be 
quite interesting. It doesn't matter what the trauma is. It doesn't matter what the trauma is. As long as you've had some type of trauma, right, you come together and there's a bond there because you share something that was so intense in common, if that makes sense, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Trauma bonding. Yeah, and some people take it like on, it's great because I found someone who can understand me and some people like, let's go in this together. I'm looking at Eon's face. He's yeah, like, what? I'm, see, I'm seeing your face. I, I don't know if sharing trauma means that a person truly understands you. You know, right, right, right. I also saw there's this thing called um like Google Doc dating of some sort. So a person is called like date me. They'll create this Google Doc or some type of long um document, and they put in there whatever it is that you won't traditionally see on like an app. So they'll go into these stories. So perhaps like some trauma they experienced and there's no limitation to what you want to share. It's whatever you want to share in this Google doc. So whoever is, you know, reading it, they get a more in-depth perspective or um, just information about the person. So when you mentioned that, I thought of what I read about these, uh, these Google docs, like, it's called like date me or something like that. Mm. And that's, that's another thing that, you know, folks are trying, I think, a little of desperation but you know it's just like let me try something else because what i'm doing right now it's and what's working. out there is not working right, right, right. so let me let me just give some stats um based on a little bit of research that i did it seems that 61 percent of daters feel that they're overwhelmed and 80 percent of daters feel overwhelmed um or burnout from dating Right. Um, that's a high percentage. Absolutely. That's a high percentage. Absolutely. It means that, again, you know, and I believe this has to do with apps. Right. Um, again, you mentioned if you're in a small town and there's there's limited selection, you know, you, you are going to settle. Right. Um, oh, you are no, you not are, settled, or, not or settled. move out of that town <laughs> or move out of that town. Right. You know, if you want you feel like the town does not have what you have to offer. Um, so but but again, the sensibility of of faces and, and personalities all over the world, you know, people are, are going through it and, and they're, they're, they're burning out, you know, 80% of daters feel like there's some burnout, right? That's a large percentage of it, daters. It is a lot. And Ian, you mentioned something really great that it caught my attention that yes, that person can move out of the town, but the unknown of another city state it's mm -hmm. scary so not a lot of those are going to take the courage but now in the today's world going to a bar or in person mm -hmm. is the unknown and the scary part mm -hmm. that wide range of pool globally it's becoming more familiar now i think you said some very important like this is the norm now right right, right. Um, looking for your mate on an app is the absolute norm now. Yeah, you can look for someone, say, hey, yeah. they feel awkward. Swipe like, left, swipe right. <laughs> and I think for therapists, how do we help our clients to navigate that fatigue that they may face because of these apps? How do we help them? I think that's the question. Yeah. I think that's a good segue. And especially, um, Erin, you mentioned uh, women versus men and, and the types of uh, you know statistics that we're looking at. There was a gentleman um, that I saw on Shade Room um, on Instagram who lives out in LA and he was just talking about how he got stood up. He waited for this woman for a half hour. So uh, I think that'll be a good opportunity for us to kind of listen to uh, the reel, listen to the, the post and talk about how we would as MFTs kind of help that particular client. So let's take a listen. 
So I just left the restaurant after waiting 30 minutes for a day to show up. And apparently I got stood up. I don't know what to say. Like, I'm trying to do everything right to be a gentleman. I brought flowers. I've been consistent talking with this girl for two weeks. Trying to get to know what she likes, what she doesn't like. I made plans. I picked the restaurant, the day and the time. You know, I've done everything to be just the kind of guy that would value somebody's time. Like, I just... I'm just looking for my person. I'm just looking for the one that... I guess he's out there for me. I mean, I want to be somebody's husband someday, father. I'm trying to do everything that's right, and I just get stood up. Like, my feelings didn't even matter. Sitting there eating a meal by myself, and realizing that nobody even cares about people anymore. Like, alien dating shouldn't even be this hard. It shouldn't be this hard to find somebody. It shouldn't be this difficult to fall in love, to be to kind one another. Like, what, ladies, tell me, what did I do wrong? Obviously, he's in a bad space, and he should process what's happening. You know, and as a therapist, that's one of the first things that I would say to him: let's process what happened. You know, um, let's talk about some things that maybe could have been done differently. Let's talk about some maybe some red flags that you may have had in this in this I guess encounter, um, but the immediate sharing when when he's crying and you know talking about nobody cares anymore and you know I, I'm not really sure if if he was in the right place to be sharing right at that moment. Those are those are key phrases for us as therapists to break down. Yeah. You know, no one really cares anymore. What did I do wrong? He put himself out there being very vulnerable and the comments of course were mixed but there were you know there was also an outpour of support for him to kind of encourage him to keep going yeah i think that just to hear him be in you know like disbelief and stuff i like i would want to know like for how long right because it's 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 um he's like experiencing pain and he's crying over it and he's like, it shouldn't be this difficult. So I'm just curious to know like how long and has he been trying to date, right? How, how long and has he been single? How, you know, because for him to, to be in, 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 in that state, it's almost like he's desperate at this point. Right. I think some people like usually just, swipe left or like say okay and like whatever and that person that didn't show up okay anyways next okay i'm mm -hmm, going on mm -hmm. but he's actually you know feeling really like really some type of way so like i would just be curious to know how i guess how desperate he is <laughs> to, well, to find check somebody this out. the shade room i just checked has 28.5 million followers Wow. How many people do you think sent him a DM? And I mean, he's specifically Nelly. Like, sent him a DM. I think that was kind of strategic. But if he came in, I think I would ask oh. him that. Like, that would probably be more like a Carl Whitaker type of question. Like, so did you, did you do that for so, attention? Mm -hmm. But so how many people sent him? I, I <laughs> Are you saying? I'm just saying that. Right, because you know. I just looked at how many followers right. the Shave Room has, 28.5 million. So he, the Shave Room posted that video, right? So, and then a lot of people commented with support. So I'm wondering, hmm, 
how many people actually went in his DM and said, you know, oh, that's messed up. But like, you know, you seem like a nice guy. I'm in LA too. Are you interested in meeting up? Oh, so maybe so I think that was strategic. He might not even have known that, or it could have been intentional. I don't know. But so, but let's go on a premise that that it wasn't strategic, right? One of the things that that I didn't like is that he's looking for validation from the public, mm-hmm. right? He's he's putting this out there for the public to to somehow validate what has happened and and, and give him support. Part of what we do as therapists is that we help people to look at themselves, right? right. And what are some things that you could have done differently, right? That's right. And maybe some of the issues that he's having is that he's not working on himself, but he's looking outside for validation. And that could be an issue why, you know, this person goes to him, right? But I would also ask him to think about the fact that if if he's been in contact with this person for many weeks, we're hoping that it's many weeks and this is not maybe three times that he spoke to this person and hope that, uh, you know, he found love. Um, what type of person, and this is, that's probably happened, right? You spoke <laughs> right. to people three times and all of a sudden you want to yeah. bring roses. And you want to um, get married. Maybe that's over, and you want to get married, right? Maybe that's Ready overwhelming for that ring, person. Ring. Maybe what he said to the person was overwhelming. I mean, roses and all that stuff. So maybe the person was I like ready roses. for that. I think that would be nice. But the, the point <laughs> but I'm go trying, ahead. The, yeah, but the point I'm trying to make is that if you had invested in time with this young lady he had invested time with this young lady and and they found a connection and she goes to them then really and truly she's probably not the right person for you right any person that would give you time and energy and then not follow through with your feelings that's probably not the right person for you and as therapists we have this expression what they do it depends because we're assuming let's say that um the person on the other side did not care enough or just ghosted and vanished how about on the other side? Because being in a restaurant with flowers might have been like some deep connection and conversations virtually. Okay. But, you know, so how about if that person had social anxiety or that fear of like maybe she had problem with self-esteem or body image or an interpersonal conflict and something really restrained her from going on these days. And now we have two people who are burnout, overwhelmed, disappointed, um that they don't know what to do with it and also it looks like we don't have enough space for people to vent or bring out their um their emotions like eon said to process them and sit with them self-care is really important mm-hmm. um but what do we do with all these high peak of emotions where do we take them and maybe her phone died <laughs> or it was someone else right? maybe that was right? pretending to to be just for the fun of the yep. conversation and I mean, real talk yeah she probably looked at him and right? changed right. her mind or or that you know she probably saw him i mean it, it has happened right when you come in you look i heard that him, i heard and that and then nah. no, forget it. <laughs> i heard that but <laughs> i heard that <laughs> you know what bothers me about that like we're talking about ghosting and have as an individual, and I think it goes both ways. If something is not working for you, have the level of respect to communicate that. You know, if you're talking to someone on the app and it's, you know, the conversation is not going the way you want, or you go to a first date and it didn't flow the way you want, don't just ghost a person. I don't, something about that to me just feels like a level of, uh, some some level of immaturity mm-hmm. and it's yeah. not thinking about it's a very selfish act because you're not the other person on the receiving end is wondering just like he said 
what did I do wrong? You know, he yeah. he's starting to internalize a lot of thoughts. He, he doesn't know. He's, yeah, he's creating yeah, yeah. his own narrative. I've had experience working with clients that actually have been ghosted, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it just leaves the person feeling like, like, what did I do wrong? You know, or what happened? Or, you know, and it's not it's not a good feeling. Right. So so I do agree that people like should be like mature enough to have these conversations. But then I think about it and I think that they don't know how to have these conversations. I think that um, that sometimes they think, oh, my God, like, I don't know. And how the person is going to react and I don't want to deal with that reaction. Um, Again, it doesn't excuse that type of behavior. But I think that a big part is really not knowing how to communicate and to the next person, listen, I don't want to be here no more or I don't want to do this anymore. So let's talk about the gentleman that we saw on the video and he shows up, he's our client. We did the intake. What are some things or questions that we would want to ask or uh, elicit from him to really help him through this dating process? I probably have to validate his feelings first. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what. Thing, yeah. yeah, that's what I would say. I I would let him. I would maybe even the first session. I'd let him vent. Um, just let him vent. Let him let him just let it all out. You know, and maybe take notes and try to figure out what is it exactly that he and then maybe that would ask him this question. What 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 is he looking for? Right. What is it exactly that he's hoping to get? Um, what other um, means of dating is he is he currently involved with? Right. Um, is he is he going out? Is he meeting people? Is he going to um, church, clubs, you know, um, is it just online, you know, um, just trying to get more information about, about his expectations, you know, when he, when he meets people, right. Um, it's quite possible that his, his expectations may not have lined up with the person he was, he was, um, you know, meeting up with, um, but just really trying to get more information from him about what his expectations are, what his experience has been in the dating world, right? Um, and see how that may line up with his ex- expectations. So yeah, you you actually took the words like right out my mouth. Like I would like want to know about about and his experiences, and also um, how he's handled like this type of experience before. If he has in fact, you know, like been through this in the past. So I think that would be something to look at as well. You know. You know, there was a study conducted at uh, the University of Georgia, and they found that two and three people have ghosted someone they were dated and have been a victim of ghosting themselves. And I think what's going to come up for us quite often is ambiguous loss, right? So someone's sense of loss or sadness that doesn't have anything to do with death of a loved one and helping them go through a grieving process because mm-hmm. we don't know how long they were talking, but it was a substantial amount of time for you know this gentleman to feel like he had to vent in the, using the platform that he did. And when our clients come in, I was ghosted. You know, I think Jen, um, you know, in some case consultations that we've had, just talking about clients that have been dating people for a year or two years even, and then all of a sudden, they think there's something there and that person literally just disappears. Yeah, yeah. Number is blocked, blocked on social media. That's that's a loss, you know? And, yeah. you know, the clients that, that I've worked with, 
it's really going through the the stages of grief. Yeah, I think one of the things that that we have to get um, really comfortable working with is this new norm where people are going to be grieving people who they really have not had intimate relationship with, right? Um, you know, so a person that they may have found some attraction to or they may have, you know, uh, bonded with on, on social media or even online or on these, these apps, and all of a sudden that person just decides, you know what, I don't think I'm interested in you anymore, and decides that they want to just block this person or not communicate with the person anymore. That is a loss for that person. And so mm -hmm. um, something that we're going to, as therapists, we're going to need to start, um, and we're going to see it more and more often, we're going to see that this is going to happen quite often, right? Because our new norm is that people are, are, are dating, people are meeting people are more on apps than in person. Yeah, and there's going to be more encouragement coming out of the therapy rooms uh, for people who are dating because it's easier nowadays and it will get easier when uh, avoiding having that hard conversation or having to explain yourself why this cannot work without hurting the other person can be just a bottom away. It's easier, just turn it off and you don't exist anymore. You know, but it's different if I had to see you in person and have a coffee with you and have this level of personal relationship with you and now i'm gonna have um to have that hard conversation with you instead of just like clicking a button and i'll be in peace with myself it's a lot of encouragements for people to step out of their comfort zone um take on the hard conversations because that's where the the growth is going to come in i want to i want to switch gears for a minute because one of the things we want to try to do with this podcast is that we wanted to reach very diverse um audience right a very diverse audience so there may be people that are listening to this and they're saying you know um dating fatigue well how could you be fatigued that's something that you have a choice in right mm. um you know you have a choice whether or not you you you, you want to date you know one person or or you want to scroll through for the rest of the night on every face that you see on on your social media feed right um so so some people may be saying i think this is just another you know fragile point that 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 people are just coming up with to say that this is a mental health issue um you know so what do we say about that where, where, where somebody may be saying how could you have dating fatigue and you have a choice right um it's not like you have to uh, get on these apps you have a choice well yeah that's true you don't have to get on these apps but i think it goes back to your point where you were searching and for your house, right? And you said that you saw like so many houses and you got tired. You had so many choices, but at, but you got tired, right? And you have been searching probably online in person, but at the end, you still got tired, yeah. right? I think that like mentally, you know, it's it's tiring. Like mentally, no matter if you're doing on, online, if, if, if it's in person, it's mentally because you're thinking about this, like that person and this person and what they got and what they don't got. So it's just like kind of the, the mind is going, going, going. And so essentially what you're saying is that is that you get tired because you have a goal in mind and you're not reaching that goal, right? Mm -hmm. You keep searching, you keep trying to achieve that goal, you keep trying to get to that goal. And and every time you 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 think that you've made a significant step it ended up not being a significant step or right. maybe a few steps backwards, right? right. Emotionally, Emotion, drained, absolutely. you know, yeah. Yeah, that 
Okay. And that's why it's called dating burnout because it's that chronic stress of like the prolonged frustrations of looking and um, coming back to that, that, okay, maybe the app can cause you a fatigue. You have a choice not to be on the app, but where are you going to meet people? There is no much space where you're going to meet people. Um, the few cases that I had that people have stepped away and deleted the app are trying to engage in like community activities, volunteering, things that interested in. But even in those spaces, they're not finding that the one because it's becoming awkward now to come and approach someone or flirt with someone. Uh, it's becoming scary for people like hit me up on social media or like, hey, I'm on Bumble or any of those apps. So it's become very hard for people to communicate in person. But also parts of self, they play into it, right? Because I've maybe in one of those uh, apps and I want to try to find the one for me. And I'm um, having a conversation with five people, which bring five different parts of me, but it's still me. How am I choosing out of that? How can I get those pieces together? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's important, right? That's important. You need you need somewhat one that can fulfill all of your all of your needs, and quite often, you know, you don't find that, you know, um, you know. And then the, the other confusing thing is that you may find it in one person, and then you find something else in another person, exactly. and you keep looking, looking to try to find that that. Perfect. And it's never going to be 100%. Yeah. If people are rooting for the 100%, it's never going to be because start looking at yourself first. Right. Exactly. Um, are you the 100%? How are you showing up as a partner? What are you offering? Because mm -hmm. we usually externalize and look only like on the other part. Yeah. And you are responsible to provide or like check off my lists uh, that I have in my mind. But what about you? You are someone's checklist. Mm -hmm. So looking into yourself doing the personal development the self-care prioritizing self and when you are in a point that you will know what are you looking for that's the time to kind of settle but dating and i don't want to say like should be fun because i don't believe to like should or supposed to but it's just a part of a journey where you are discovering yourself like uh, exposing yourself to different dates to see how will i manage that situation what will it be? And that's why the therapy room is very important for people to have with them as a resource in this process as it's becoming harder and harder. Yeah, yeah. perfect, perfect. Yeah. I like the good. points you make about looking within. Yeah. You know, and, and oftentimes when I bring that up, it's almost that look of, wait, you tell me I gotta look at myself? I'm here trying to find someone and it takes, it usually takes a second Right, because you mentioned something important. You are someone else's checklist too. And it's okay if you don't meet that criteria. And that's that's important to know. It's okay if you don't meet someone else's checklist. Yeah. You are who you are and you show up as the best version of yourself and you're confident. You'll find that person or that person will find you, however you want to look at it. But at least you know you're authentic to yourself. Yeah, and I think that... um to that point right it's like like sometimes people don't do that work because it's so difficult to do right people don't want to sit there and think about wow like this person like i'm not that person and i'm not and this person and i'm not that type of person right because sometimes it's not it's, it's not nice right sometimes so i think that some people don't like and to do the work because they're scared of what they may find you know but 
it's necessary, it's important, and it's something that everybody has to do if they're if they're like willing to go out there and do the dating and do all that stuff. So yeah, it reminds me of our previous episode on shadow work. You know, right. looking within ourselves, some yeah. of the things that we might not necessarily talk about on a daily basis or want to really face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, you know, also, you know, I, I mentioned like just being yourself and learning yourself. Like another tip I would say is, and you mentioned this, you know, like go out and volunteer, start doing things that are considered to be your hobbies. You know, um, I think that that kind of helps with dating burnout as well. And it's knowing when to take a break because right. it, you, you start to lose motivation. Going back to the goals that Jen and Eon mentioned, you have a goal in mind. You're so fixated on, you know, I, I want to find this person. I got to find this person. got to find this person. Yeah, it's become like a task, like a job, like a part-time right. job. I got to get this done and this project is not finished. Mm-hmm. And as a person who sees single people or people who are dating uh, or in a relationship online or through those apps and couples, marriages, families, three tips that I would give is the step one to really prioritize self. Self-care is really important. Set those business hours in the app, you know, like, because I know it can be a feeling that one more, one more, and the ego just starts growing because it's that hope that keeps you going. Two, self-care around mindfulness. It's so important that you are present and not just like in the table, having a conversation with a person you texted two days ago, and then thinking about that checklist or think about something else like really being able to let go and be present in where you at so a lot of mindfulness comes with it and grounding self and the third tip is intentional dating can help with overcoming the fatigue like hey i know i said before it sounds like a job and it sounds like a job because it's like okay what is the goal that I have at this point in my life of dating? Because not everybody's going to go with the attentions of having kids and getting married. People date for different reasons. What is your goal? To have fun? Then you don't have to stress it as much. Uh, to discover yourself? Then that's another part of you. You're looking into those conversations uh, and making that connection. Yeah, I think that's really good. Like something that I thought about was yes we're talking about dating and we're talking about you know like building something together and stuff like that but is it okay to not be with somebody right that's a good is point. it okay to um not date you know i think that sometimes we think that's what we want but in the end it's like like i don't think like i want to right but I'm scared of what people may think if I'm not dating. I'm scared of what my family or what my friends are going to say if I'm if I'm not like in a relationship or married or have kids. You know, so I think that's also something to look at is dating something that you really want for yourself. You know. Yeah, I think the last question I would I would ask um, concerning this whole uh, dating fatigue is that. Do we think this is going to be a diagnosis, a mental health diagnosis going forward? Do you think it's, this is something that is is going to become more and more prevalent in our society and that, you know, people are really going to start to, you know, have problems with this? That's a good question. That's a great question. The yeah. way things are going now, who knows, you know? Yeah. That <laughs> might be a prescription pill for this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Um, actually, you know, it raises anxiety level, um, you know, it, it, it definitely causes people to, you know, um, maybe even panic, you know, um, 
this young man that we just listened to, you know, he was probably is going to be depressed. Um, so is this something that we can look forward to treating more and more of? Uh, my prediction is yes. Um, you know, is this going to be in the DSM-5 <laughs> as a diagnosis, right? I think that will be the overarching diagnosis, right? Like depressed, right? But then that's it, right? Because it won't be depressed because of dating, right? So I think the the, the overarching diagnosis and like would be de depression, anxiety, or something else, right? But I don't think that. I don't know. It, it might. It might. A component of like uh, technology or something in there, you know. Yeah. Because the technology piece is important. Right. Yeah. I think without the technology piece, this this is probably not an issue. This is not a thing. You know, but the availability of so many images and so many choices. Yes, yes. Like social media, yeah. something with technology. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you know, those are great tips that you provided for our listeners out there. If you don't mind, can you just do a brief summary of what those tips are for our listeners? Sure. So number one is prioritizing self-care, grounding self and using mindfulness. Number two is really setting hours when you are scrolling on those apps, kind of like set your business hours. And the last one can be intentional dating. There you have it. Three tips on how to navigate modern dating. We also discuss dating fatigue and burnout and how to cope with being ghosted. We hope you enjoyed episode three on navigating modern dating. Please like, share, and subscribe. And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and follow us on Instagram. We're at the Trey MFT. Be sure to check out our next episode. Until then, be well, MFT fans. We would like to thank our guest, Ina, who is a licensed associate marriage and family therapist in New York. She is also the co-chair for the New York Marriage and Family Therapy Network. Ina is originally from Albania, and her growth in this field has been inspired from her desire to want to make a change in her community. In addition, advancing the profession and practice of marriage and family therapy. Please visit the show notes for more information on Ina.